Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family just by being here with me listening to this podcast you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true let's do this together happy friday welcome back i hope you guys have had a beautiful week we are here with the Q&A section from last week. So without further ado, let's get started. So how can you tell if your body's intolerant to foods? So this is a really good one. Any symptoms that are out of the ordinary for a healthy person. And so we're talking about a really healthy person, not the normal or the common health that we know in our day-to-day society. So if you are having mood issues, skin issues, if you are having constipation, diarrhea, bloating. I had a question one time about like a tickle in the back of her throat and it was just constant. So anything that is causing you issues, pretty daily, regular, these are kind of like the small warning signs that things aren't really right. And if you have infertility on top of that or a known autoimmune issue, those are your big spotlights that things like really, really aren't right. So um, the fertility food program has a whole section on what to look for when you're reintroducing the foods that you've decided because it's all self-guided and designed to just be where you're at. We're all at different levels. We all need different things. So it's it's not like, oh, this is what you need to do. These are the top five foods to eliminate. It's really guide you into it. So when you're starting to reintroduce those foods back into your diet, it helps you to look out for these little warning signs that maybe you haven't or you notice, but just think are normal. Like I thought it was normal to look three months pregnant after I ate pasta and garlic bread. Or I just thought I was like a really stinky person. (laughs) Like I just thought, well, I'm just like a farty, stinky person. That's just who I am. Um, So it doesn't have to be like clinical stuff or you need to be going to the doctor. I mean, through my whole childhood, I always had like nasal tonsil. I had my tonsils out, my throat issues. And then in my late 20s, I got tonsillitis twice, like literally on the same exact day of the year. My doctor's like, oh, you were here last year, the exact same day. Here's some antibiotics. So those are just warning signs that things just aren't right. Yes, it is so discouraging year after year of trying. But I think that the issue with fertility is that we're so honed in on our lady bits and what's going on there. And if everything's kind of like normal or the doctor thinks you're normal, there's like, oh, you can't do anything. But the fact of the matter is our whole body is connected, right? Like we need our whole body. And if other things are like wonky, that could be having a big effect on your fertility. And if you have a known issue that isn't necessarily related to fertility, that can be impacting your fertility. And like I said in the beginning, not only your body's ability to carry the baby, but your egg health, which is like incredibly important, right? 
can cysts go away on their own if, if you stick to a fruit and veggie diet? I would say yes, depending on the cyst. I know that I used to deal with cysts quite regularly. And when I got on a clean eating diet, I've not dealt with one again. And I know mine would come and go, come and go. Some would pop. If you've had a cyst on your ovary pop, you know how painful that is. So yes, I believe that cysts are all down to inflammation and it's just your body's way of expressing them. And unfortunately, I think doctors think they're common because more and more women are having them because our bodies are so inflamed. So if you are noticing these symptoms, especially on a certain type of food, if you can narrow that down, Uh, what I suggest is completely eliminating that food, minimum 10 days. In the fertility food program, we do a 30-day reset because this gives your body ample time to really get rid of that inflammation, heal, and when you reintroduce it, it's usually like a big slap in the face. (laughs) Like it's really obvious. So the longer you're able to get off that food, and the great thing about healing your gut is that you are going to be more tolerant to foods that you are less tolerant to with an unhealthy gut. So for me, for instance, when my gut health is tip-top shape, that means my food is really good, I'm not drinking alcohol, and my stress levels are low and under control, I can have like an episode or like some, some paprika or some salsa and not feel the effects of it. When my gut health is low and I have that, I feel the effects of it. So yes. Is it possible to get pregnant while these issues are going on? So that is a really good question. If you are dealing with infertility, the answer is no. It really depends on your genetics, how deep your root cause is. You can use medical assistance to put the band-aid over these issues. That doesn't always work because once again, your egg quality is really important to this whole process. But can you reverse these issues? 100% I did. So I basically couldn't get pregnant between the ages of 37 and 35, even with medical assistance and immune suppressing drugs. I changed slowly and discovered what I needed to do. And yeah, after eight years of infertility, I got pregnant naturally. Um, Before that, I got pregnant with an IVF baby and used medical assistance. So it is doable. I'm not gonna lie, it's hard sometimes, but it's totally worth it. Like infertility sucks, right? You you kind of have to like weigh up what's worse. Do you want to deal with infertility? Do you want to deal with all the medical appointments? If you've ever been involved with any IVF process, it's like having a part-time job, keeping the schedules, keeping, you know, the finances, all that type of stuff. So when it comes down to reversing these issues or managing these issues through diet and lifestyle, I think it outweighs all the BS that infertility puts on you. How do you improve your egg quality? So that is through lowering your inflammation. And the best two ways of doing that is your diet and your lifestyle. So lifestyle not only includes like stop smoking and like, well, no one's going out these days, (laughs) but like staying up late, but it also includes your stress levels and managing your mental and emotional well-being. It's so underrated how much that changes your body and how much it can impact your hormonal health, your endocrine system, your gut health. It's all super, super important. Just start somewhere. That's why I created the Fertility Food Program. I know for me and my situation and most of my clients who are dealing with autoimmune issues or secondary infertility, we have to do diet. A lot of mindset coaches out there, it's like, oh, it's all in your mind. You know, just change your mind, be positive, be happy. I couldn't 
wish or will my way out of infertility, I, I had to change my diet. I do believe, like I just said, mindset is super key. You, you have to do that as well. But doing them both at the same time, it could get really overwhelming and stressful. I feel like diet is a little bit easier to control because it's out of sight, out of mind, where your mental health is like always with you, right? Like you go onto the yoga mat. Like I hated yoga when I first started it because I was like, this is boring. I just ruminated about every like negative situation. So let's just start somewhere and build from there. I look back at my journey and I've done so much, but I did it over a really long period of time. So you got to break it into sections. So if you go to the website and you actually download the free PDF, it sends you to a link with a special discount for the fertility food program. So definitely go that way. Or you could just access it on through the programs section, but just a little top tip. Is it possible for a 43-year-old to get pregnant naturally if you have low ovarian reserve? Yes, of course it is possible, 100%. Are your chances a little bit more difficult? Yes, can't downplay that. But with a low ovarian reserve, remember that just says, that says nothing about your egg quality. If you focus on the things that you can control and just are very aware that it might take a little bit more time and that, you know, we, as women, we have 12 chances, right? 12 chances a year. But in reality, those chances are a little bit lower because even younger, healthy women, not every egg that comes out is viable. But yes, it is possible. I, I, I truly believe it's health over age. Like I said before, I couldn't get pregnant at the age of 27 naturally, but I got pregnant at 36 naturally. So almost a decade later with a low AMH score. So as much as I say you don't have to be perfect to get pregnant, the more you're able to stick to what you need to do, it's more likely you're going to get to your ultimate goal a little bit sooner. So you got to think of your gut health as like a scab on your skin. If you kind of just a little pick at it, it's going to take longer to heal. So just narrow down what you need to do. Stick with that. Again, in the fertility food program, I talk about setting goals that are achievable. So if you are focusing on just getting pregnant is your goal, and that's not happening every month, like you're going to give up on what you're doing. But if you lay out all of your normal or common health symptoms and watch those improve through diet and lifestyle, you know you're on the right track. But when you get over a certain age, it does become just a little bit more challenging. And you do feel like, you know, you don't have a decade and you don't want a decade to have another, you know, to have a child. So it is possible but always in the back of your mind, that's what medical assistance is there for as well for situations like this. But you want to improve your situation as much as you can before going into that medical situation. Is it normal to have a really low negative ovulation test right before ovulation? So I'm assuming you mean your HCL levels. And is that just with through your doctor? Did you have like a test with your doctor or just on like the P sticks? So if you're not getting a reading for HCL test, and then you're still ovulating, I'm not I'm not sure I'm reading that right. So no, it's not normal <laughs> to have a negative ovulation test and then ovulate if you can clarify. I don't know what you mean by low. So like the, the line isn't showing up well for you, I'm assuming is your low. So there's two schools of thoughts here. One, maybe you'll need to invest in a better 
ovulation predictor kit. So you have ones like the Mira. There's a few ones. Actually, if you scroll through my TikToks, I've done a few reviews on them and get that technology to really help read where you are with your LH search. But the more important thing you need to know is if you are having healthy ovulations after that. So that's great. We've predicted it but we want to know if our progesterone levels are staying high enough to maintain that pregnancy. So there's a test kit out there called Prove, P-R-O-O-V. I think they do ovulation strips now as well in their test kit. So maybe it might be useful for you to invest that money in a better technology that can help you really read these strips and nail that down. And once that's done, you can go in and see if you are successfully ovulating after that because that's the most important information. Yeah, no problem. So that is it for me today. I hope that we've cleared some things. And remember, if you are going into an IVF cycle soonish and you don't want to stop that IVF cycle, really hone in on your mental health and do the best with your diet. But from my hindsight, from my personal experience as a friend, my suggestion would be to slow down, really hone in on focusing on healing yourself so you can improve your egg quality and then go forth with that medical treatment if needed after that. All right, well, have a beautiful day, everyone. Oh, I got about the ovulation. No, you are ovulating. If you get a positive test result, you are ovulating, but that doesn't tell you if you are maintaining the hormone levels you actually need after ovulation. So you might be producing enough to ovulate, but for a lot of women, I think it's one of the number one causes of infertility is that your progesterone levels will go down and won't maintain to have a healthy pregnancy. All right, everyone have a beautiful day and we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.